0: Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city.
1: Well, good morning, church. Good morning. Whether you are a mother by birth or adoption or mentorship, if you are fulfilling that role in anyone's life today, You are an unsung hero, and we honor you Um, today and we want to share with you so um, that video um, this is all about Mum Mum Life Mother's Day when Nathan asked us to do a Mum Life Mother's Day Um, and just so you know the MUM is an acronym for mothers uplifting mothers and that's what we do and so Helen Smallbone is the co-founder my partner in crime I like to call her and these lovely women here are they either have been or currently are mentors in our local group that's held that's led by Sherry Dutton back there sherry wave um we have about a hundred women that meet in this room every monday from all over the community Um, and these three ladies are also on our podcast with access more Um, and so we're honored to have you with us today we know that mother's day as pastor nathan said can bring up some things in our life that maybe you're just sad But maybe today you're not sad. Maybe today is a glorious day for you and you've had a great mother and and your mothering journey yourself has been beautiful and easy and smooth and that is wonderful. Maybe you've lost a child, you know, unexpectedly or by choice. But we want you to know that today, whether you're male or female, whatever your role is in this life, we really want to encourage you today about the faithfulness of God and who he is. And so we've asked these pillars of our mom life community um, to share a little bit uh, from their life of how God has been faithful, um, something that we can all learn from. We're gonna start with Rhonda Madge. Rhonda, I'm just gonna turn it over to you as you share with us your story of God's faithfulness.
0: Thank you, Heather. 18 years ago, my husband and I had two biological children life was, was really good, and we were at a time that we hungered. We hungered for God. We wanted to walk in His will, and so we took the walk of obedience to adopt two children in the Ukraine, siblings, a boy and a girl, ages six and seven. I'm not sure if you're aware, but oftentimes, if you walk in obedience, you're met with opposition and that was truly uh, our case. The world as we knew it uh, came to an end. Our son that we had adopted uh, was filled with anger. Unspeakable things began to happen. Vanderbilt Psychological Hospital told us that he had to be removed from our home. When asked what that meant, foster care was the option, and we said no. We knew without question that God would not have had us to adopt to then remove our, this son from our home, so we fought for him. In the midst of all of that trial, I developed breast cancer. It was a very, very hard time, lots of unknowns, lots of fear. One night, I had a dream. Now, you may be sitting here. I'm not one. I wish I could tell you that I dreamt often, Um, but this particular night, it was without question a dream that the Lord gave me. In the dream, I was in my little home church in Bumpus Mills, Tennessee. I was in the back of the church. The service was ending. And the pastor, in the dream, asked who here would like a more personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In my dream, I started to slowly raise my hand. And the hand of God came from heaven and gripped mine. Now, I'm going to tell you that in my dream, I was holding on as tightly as I possibly could And unbeknownst to me, in the physical, I was crying, physically crying, and crying out, don't let go, don't let go. My man, he thought I was having a nightmare, and he woke me up. I was so mad at him. I said, didn't you know I was holding the hand of God? I got up and I went to the living room, and I sat in my chair. I begged God, I was weeping and I was crying. Please God, don't let go. Please, please don't let go. I could, I could literally feel the presence of his hand on mine. And then I heard the sweetest words. Rhonda, I've got you. So you can tell from this picture, we remained a family of six. God was faithful and I'm
1: 10 years cancer free. Rhonda, I want to ask you when you were in that moment of God, don't let go. You, you, you had that dream and you were, you were kind of feeling like God was there with you. Tell me, what were you feeling at that time on your journey? Did you kind of feel up until then like you were kind of like, where are you, God?
0: It was very interesting, Heather. Actually, it was during those seven years, obviously my husband and I trusted the Lord or we would have never taken the journey um, to adopt the children, but it was through those seven years that we drew even closer to him, that we came to fully understand what it meant to trust him when we had nothing else. And oftentimes, I remember going back and thinking of that dream because it was so very real. And honestly, right now in this moment, I I can still feel his hand.
1: He's so good and so faithful. Thank you, Rhonda. Even when we can't see it, he's faithful. Anita Powers is our next mentor mom. And um, Anita, I'm just going to let you go ahead and start sharing your story.
2: Um, When I look at the picture, I have to take great pause because. My journey to become become a mother was somewhat different than a lot, than for some. Uh, Month after month after month, the answer was no, 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 no. And the months became into years. And we began infertility treatment at Vanderbilt Hospital. And um, it was during that time of treatment that um, I got pregnant and um, miscarried the child. And I will tell you, during that time of yearning for a child, the Lord and I would wrestle on the ground. If somebody had a camera on me, they would have said, you need to be committed to an institution, Anita. Because the groanings were so deep, I literally rolled on the floor and begged Jesus to take the pain away. Because every breath I inhaled and exhaled, I longed for a child and I longed for that pain to be removed. And for some reason or another, God chose from my life not to remove the pain. He chose me to experience that pain in such a deep way. And I remember one day when I was rolling around the floor wrestling with God, and I mean, I would come home from work and close the door and to the floor I would go. And was I was wrestling with God, I heard this little voice speak to me and say, Anita. I long for you guys to come to know me like you long for a child. And I took great pause in that and I thought, whoa, this is what it feels like in the heart of God. And I'm telling you, that yearning was so deep that it literally hurt to breathe. And I remember sometimes I'd be driving down the road and I would think, you know, it'd be really easy just to veer my car off and let that transfer truck hit me because the pain, I want it to stop. So as the journey began and we, you know, the infertility process, I did get pregnant. And I was a very happy mama, as you can imagine. And uh, the pregnancy was short-lived. At three months, I miscarried. And when I miscarried, um, I thought, God, you are a mean, cruel God. I truly did not want to hear the name of Jesus. I couldn't bear any sermon, I couldn't hear anything because I truly felt like God turned his face on me. Is I grew up in a Christian home where I dotted my I's and crossed my T's and Jesus and I, we were best friends. And I couldn't understand why my best friend decided, no, motherhood is not for you. After I miscarried, um, two or three years later, we got the precious call that I was gonna be a mama to a little girl. And as Rhonda said, sometimes when the Lord calls you to certain journeys, that doesn't mean it's gonna be an easy journey, and it was not easy. And in the midst of some of my times of really struggling, I'd, when you go through infertility clinics, you have to keep charts and all this stuff, and I happened to pull out my chart. And the day that my daughter was born was the day that I conceived my child. And the scripture verse that came to mind was Job 121, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I remember thinking, Father, I don't understand this, but you have a plan in my family's life and you've got the imprint. You knew their names before they were even born. You knew their journeys. And as I was received a blessing of my children, I knew that some mama Sacrifice so much by giving me that gift. When I was placed, my children in my arms, it occurred to me Jesus, this is what you did for us. It's something we didn't deserve. And you know, I got to experience that gift twice. And the second time that I was placed with my son, it was like God goes, don't you get it, Anita? And I said, oh, please help me grasp it. But that's how much he loved us. He, something we didn't deserve, I was graciously handed my child. And with my son, you would think the journey the second time would be easier because you know, the first time, okay, your needs are met, but I'm telling you that longing stirred within my heart again. And I remember staring out the window and I was begging God. I said, Jesus, you are gonna have to be my all in all. Please take the pain away from me. I mean, it was so deep. And literally at that time, the telephone rang. And the lady said, Anita, this is Peggy Lowe. I'm with Bethany. Would you be interested in a little Bowie that's seven months old? I remember thinking, whoa. (laughs) God was faithful. Has it been an easy journey? No, but I wouldn't wanna rewrite my story ever because God has been faithful through those good times and those hard times.
1: Thanks, Anita. So, Anita, when you... um when you shared, I know your story, um, and you shared that, you know, you went to Vanderbilt, all the fertility, you were so excited, you're like, God's faithful, you know, you've, you're, you're pregnant now, and then you lost the baby. Fast forward to the phone call you get for Hannah, the phone call um, that you get for your son, um, did it kind of feel like a full circle, so did, you, did you at any time feel like, where are you, God, in this, and then, and then kind of it be a full circle moment of like, oh... God was doing something I couldn't see. What were you feeling in that, that space, in that time
2: between the two? There's so much that I can't share that's really personal. And um, there's some things that I can share. But sometimes when I'm in the midst of my hard journey, I can't see God. I have to pull back and reflect. And as I have pulled back and reflected, God was there. The only thing I know to think of is I shared the first service, when I um, miscarried my first child and we had the DNC, um, I looked out the window after I got back in the recovery room and it was just pouring rain. And I thought to myself, God, you truly are crying for my unborn child and you are crying for my pain. And I thank God, we're all wired so differently and he knew I needed to see the rain. That's
1: good. Thank you, Anita. Our next mentor is Leslie. She's got a picture. We've got a picture up there of her beautiful family. Uh In 2004,
3: I got a message that no mother wants to hear. Our son was in a terrible car accident. He had suffered a brain injury, a broken neck and many other injuries. Our lives were all changed forever. Through this 18 year journey with our son, God has used other people to communicate his hope and his promises to us. The first time this happened was the day after his wreck. He lay in the trauma unit um, in a coma and we didn't even know if he was going to survive. A friend called me and said, Leslie, today I was praying for you and for Seaver and God showed me that he's going to live and he's going to stand before others and give his testimony of what God has done. So I believed that and I held tightly to it, but I was thinking it's gonna happen soon. Maybe next year we'll be seeing this come to pass, but no. Um, Several years went by and instead of it getting better, it got worse. Uh, Many things happened. There isn't a whole lot known about the brain. It's kind of a mystery. And there weren't many resources 18 years ago to help us navigate this unknown territory. I don't have time to tell you all the miracles that happened in his life and in our lives, the many things that God has done. Um, But our son struggled with anxiety, depression, and all the challenges of, of losing the life that he had dreamed about and also um, dealing with a brain that doesn't function properly. He rebelled against the moral code that he had been raised with. And he turned away from God, turning to drugs and alcohol. um, And he um, struggled with thoughts about ending his life almost daily. The vision that my friend had seen certainly had not come to pass quickly, as I had assumed. Time after time though, I heard this message from the Lord, wait on the Lord and trust Him. Um, Years later and in a very difficult season, um, the same friend called me and she said, God wants you to know that Seaver has to go through some dark times still, but He's going to make it. I thanked God for this encouragement that we so desperately needed. Dark times was right, but God continued to hold us up and we clung to him. Many other twists and turns have come through the years. Uh, Our son had a very toxic marriage and divorce. Um, He was blessed with a son with special needs, and eventually he and his son moved back in with us and difficulties continued. It seemed that every step forward led to two steps back. Recently, my son came to me and he said, Mom, I need help. I'm really afraid of what I'm going to do. And so he agreed to go to treatment. He went to the hospital and that was good. And a lady in my Bible study that I had shared about this with, she said, Leslie, I've been praying for, for your son. Uh, did God make you a, a promise about him years ago? And I was really surprised because I had not thought about that promise in a long time. And she said, while I was praying, God really impressed upon me to tell you that whatever that promise was, he has not forgotten, and it will come to pass. So I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God.
1: Thank you, Leslie. So, let me ask you, Leslie. Just a little bit Oh, (laughs) you got
3: (laughs) (laughs) one. Sorry. Sorry, Heather. Uh, Shortly after this, my son came to me and asked me to write a book with him. And he wants to write a book about our journey together. And he said, I've been confused and angry, but now I can look back and I can see um, that you were really trying to help me and I think it could help other people. And so, you know, my most fervent prayer for my son is for him to return to God. And that hasn't happened yet, but I can see God is faithful and he's still working. And I know that God is not finished yet.
1: Thank you, Leslie. (laughs) Sorry about that. So let me ask you, Leslie, you know, your your story kind of you that you've shared with us, um, you know, you've had these provisions shared with you from friends that um, are from the Lord and, and they've given you encouragement along the way. You're still in the waiting. Mm-hmm. What encouragement can you give to anyone today, not just moms, about what it's like to see God's faithfulness in the waiting? Well, um, you know,
3: I didn't tell you how desperate it got at times. It wasn't pretty. I mean, I did. I wasn't um, faithful always in my uh, holding on to God. But I would encourage anyone in situations to just keep going back to the Father. Stay close to Him in His Word and surround yourself with um, godly people that can encourage you. That's the biggest thing.
1: Thank you, ladies, so much. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you, ladies. All right. I'm going to try and preach here for a few minutes. We have a few minutes left here. Um, We do real in mom life, right? Nothing's candy coated. Nothing's there's no, you know, the church ladies, nothing can touch them. Um, we do real because that's who we are. And um, so grateful for the mentors that are a part of Mum Life, pillars not only in Mum Life, but in this church um, that reach out into the community to be able to share that real with us, to kind of give you permission to share yours, to reach out, um, to share the good things, share the, the things that you're walking through. And today we are believing for you, um, that God's going to encourage you and will lift you up and that you will experience his faithfulness today. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just come before you this morning, God. We praise you. We glorify you. We honor you in all that you do. And we thank you, God, for your faithfulness, your steadfast faithfulness. Holy Spirit, come. We invite you into this space. We feel you today, God. We feel you. Thank you. Jesus name Amen so God's faithfulness will not fail and in Deuteronomy 7 9 it says know therefore that the Lord your God he is God the faithful God who keeps his covenant and his faithfulness to a thousand generations for those who love him and keep his commandments so in in the scripture in Deuteronomy the children of Israel were about to enter the promised land and Moses was reiterating the faithfulness of God He he was saying the same God that gave them the promises and the covenant, I'm here to tell you today, is the same God for you and the same God for your family. Faith is more than a feeling. Faith is more than this fantasy that we have. Hebrews 11, one tells us it is the substance of things hoped for and it's the evidence of things not seen. And when you, when you find that you're facing being tested and, and you don't know what to do and, and you don't know what God's going to do in your life and your prayers seem to go unanswered and you feel like the devil is just harassing you and maybe your friends have deserted you and, and there seems to be this cloud between you and God and you're like, what do I do? Some might respond by saying, well, God doesn't answer my prayers. He, he isn't who he says he is. And you can get into this victim mentality or, or you trust the Lord. You trust the Lord in your circumstances, in your situations, even when you see him not moving. We trust him. And I'm sure if we're honest today, maybe... You know, we've all been in these seasons where we've questioned, is God truly and genuinely faithful? Is he faithful? Well, we believe he is. Oh, but, but look what's happening in my life. How could he be? So now I start judging God by my circumstances and, and my situation, and, and we think that we've learned, and then it comes to the time of, of testing, and, and we ask, do I really trust God? Do I trust him? Do I believe him or not? You see, our emotions often run counter to the promises of God, so I have to ask myself, do I believe what I feel or do I believe what God said? You may go through more and it might be because you're called to more. As children of God, I want you to know today that you are called to more. You are called to more. And we walk in a manner that is worthy of the high calling by which we have been called. Man may fail you, but God will not fail you. Family and friends may fail you. They may not be there when you need them. Your funds may fail you, but God will always be there for you. Romans eight twenty eight promises us, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, our God is wholly faithful to you. No matter what you do, he will be there for you. And if he's allowing us to go through difficulty, be reminded today that God is a God of purpose. And faithfulness is... Is not what he has. Faithfulness is, is not what he can do. Faithfulness is who he is. Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, Lord, your word stands in heaven. His faithfulness is for all generations. All generations. James said, There are no variations. If he did it back then, then he can do it today. Life may vary, ideologies and philosophies, they may vary, but God's faithfulness will not vary. That's a promise. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Isn't he good? For he cannot deny himself. So the faithfulness of God, it doesn't depend on you. It doesn't depend on me. He says, I'm faithful regardless of you. Luke 22 32 says, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. See, the enemy will try and get you out. And he says, but I pray that your faith will not. When the enemy tries to get you out, he says, I pray that your faith is stronger. If the enemy has whispered in your ear lately that you are a failure, that you're done, that you've messed up, or that you'll never see your family restored, or your business won't come back to life, be reminded again that God is faithful. So what does it mean for God to be faithful? What does that mean to you for God to be faithful? He always does what is right about every single thing in every situation even when we can't see it. He is faithful to fulfill his promise in all things, in all times, in all circumstances, even when we can't see it. He cannot lie, he cannot fail. There are five characteristics that God has to have in order for him to be truthful, for him to be faithful to us. And the first one is, he is um, omniscient. Yep, thank you, Bethany, my girl, he is omniscient. He knows every need and want we have, every single thing. He is omnipotent. Number two, he is always all-powerful. He can't promise to be faithful if he isn't all-powerful. Number three, he is omnipresent. He's always present. He's always within reach and we are within reach of him. That tells me he is always available. Number four, he is truthful. He cannot lie or he violates his own character. Number five, he is immutable. He cannot change. Malachi 3, 6 says, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, the sons of Jacob have not come to an end. That's exciting news. If he is in all five of these things, then we have no assurance about anything in this life. Every promise he makes, he will fulfill he promises, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. It's not in his nature. It's not in his character. He is a, the character of God cannot change. You can't change perfection. You, we can't do it in our, in our tiny humanness. We can't do it. When he says he is faithful, he is faithful. First Samuel 15 says God will not lie or change his mind. If there is a promise, he's going to keep it. And I'll tell you what else. If there's a warning, he's going to fulfill it. God continues to reveal himself in so many ways. His timing is up to him and, and will often allow for afflictions, for adjustments in our lives. Psalm 119.75, he said, I'm so faithful that I'll allow struggles and hardship. And he says, this isn't meant to push you away, this is meant to pull you back. The psalmist said, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now that I have been afflicted, I have kept your word. I think too often we we give too much credit to the enemy and we're like, oh, that's just the enemy. Maybe we need to stop and say, God, are you trying to teach me something here? Afflictions bring adjustments in our lives. And sometimes God does for us what we can't do for ourselves or what we won't do for ourselves. We need to be able to stand when life gives us hardship and adversity. We will go through storms, but the promise of his faithfulness will get us through those storms. It's a guarantee. Many things in this life will change, but he will not. God doesn't change ever. If he did, every promise in his word would be up for grabs if we didn't have his promises, we would walk in uncertainty. First John 5 14 says, this is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We ask God to answer out of his will out of his will, not ours. So so ask yourself when you're questioning your circumstances, is this a promise of God or is this just something I've kind of conjured up? He's faithful in so many ways. Our whole faith, our whole understanding of who God is. The true character of who God is, wrapped up in those five characteristics. Without that, there's no hope. There's no hope, and Jesus said he would come to us, and where he is, you also will be. Who here believes and is expecting to go to heaven for all of eternity? And I wanna ask you, on the basis of what? The promise of the Son of God Who never changes his mind is always steadfast and he has the promise that he's given us of eternity to make it a reality for us that's good let me ask the band to come I want to ask you a question today just for you to answer between you and the Lord do you believe in Jesus Christ Do you acknowledge him as the Lord of your life? You see, believing him is our entrance into eternal life. If he wasn't faithful and we prayed, we'd be like, oh, I hope so. How can you have a relationship with somebody that you don't trust? First John 1, 9 says, if I confess with my mouth, Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. <clears throat> Believe is an action. Something has to take place. Accepting him as the Lord and the Savior of your life. Confessing with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. And he is so faithful to forgive us. If you're here today and you say, I, I, I don't want to play these church games anymore. I want to repent. I want to, be, I want to be washed in the blood. I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you all would just close your eyes and give everyone some space to be alone with the Lord. If you want eternal life, I want you to pray this with me. Thank you, God, for sending your son to die for the forgiveness Of my sins and for rising again and so that we could spend all of eternity together he loves us that much please forgive me of my sins god come into my heart and be the boss of my life i want to follow you all the days of my life into eternity you can open your eyes if you prayed that prayer the greatest thing you could ever do the greatest receiving him as your lord and savior is the greatest thing you could ever do the faithfulness of god will not fail you friends it will not All throughout scripture, God is revealing his faithfulness from Genesis to Revelations. God never says, oh, I thought. He never says, oh, I see. No, he's awesome. He's infinite. He's perfect. He doesn't make mistakes and he's committed to you and to me for all of eternity, amen? You might still be here today and say, I I still don't believe. I want you to know today if that's where you're at, your unbelief does not change the faithfulness of God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And sometimes I think that we literally have to force ourselves to be reminded of the faithfulness of God. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. He was faithful to Abraham. He was faithful to Moses and Joseph and Noah and Ruth. He was faithful to David and Mary and Peter and James, to John, to Paul, to Timothy and Mark. He was faithful to Joshua and Daniel and Jonah. Oh, he was faithful to Jonah. He was faithful to Jacob. He is the God of Abraham. He is the God of Isaac. He is the God of Jacob. And let me tell you today, friends, He is the God of you. He is the God of you. We can't stand here today and say, uh, or we can stand here and say, I know without a shadow of a doubt. God, you've been faithful then. And you are faithful to me. You are faithful to me. You have a promise that you don't have to stress. You don't have to weep. You're going to sleep while God is strategizing and and provisions are being made on your behalf. While I rest in the Lord, the promises of God are are coming into my situation. Oh, that's good news. Don't take a sabbatical from your relationship with the Lord, friends. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. There's been times in my own life where where I've seen God's faithfulness and it's been so strong and, and so evident. It's like right there in my face and I'm like, hallelujah, praise God. He is so faithful and he's so good. And there's been other times where I've been fasting and I've been praying. And I'm like, God, I don't see your hand moving. I'm like, God, I'm doing all the things. How can this not be in your will? How can? And I have to ask myself, do I trust God? Do I trust his word? His holy word? Is it just words on a page or do I trust him? Even when I can't see it, even when I can't imagine why it would look the way it does. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. We're going to have an altar call this morning. I'm weeping, but oh, God's faithfulness is good. It's good and it's exciting. In Mark chapter four, Jesus was sleeping in something he wasn't supposed to be sleeping in. Jesus was on a boat and Jesus in the middle of this life-threatening storm was in the stern and he was sleeping on a cushion and he was asleep on purpose. Contrary to what the disciples thought, to what he knew, he said, be still. He said, be quiet. Sometimes we need to say that to our thoughts. While I rest, the angels are coming. While I rest, the provision is being made and promises of God are coming to pass in my situation. It took an uncomfortable situation in Mark 4 and what started as a storm turned into a sermon. He laid his head down because he knew what they did not. For he who promised is faithful the storms will come the valleys will come we'll have times in our life where we pass through and we wonder what is the purpose in this but faith declares what jacob declared in genesis 28 surely the lord is in this place surely the lord is in this place taste and see what the lord taste and see I want to invite you to stand with us today we're going to sing of the goodness of God there are people down here ready to pray with you if you just want to come and say thank you God I'm making a public profession of coming down here and praying with someone and saying thank you God for your faithfulness maybe there's something in your life you just want to get prayed over maybe there's a situation maybe you need to ask the Lord to give you more faith be careful what you ask for we can sing songs and it sounds really good and it feels really good because we get caught up in emotion but I want to encourage you don't just let these words be words that we sing because it sounds good think about the goodness of God all my life you've been faithful even when I can't see it, sometimes we just need to cry out. I want to read this benediction over you, and we'll dismiss. First Thessalonians five twenty four. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will do it. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He calls you is faithful and he will surely do it happy mother's day to all of you moms enjoy your day we love you so much have a great week